Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. But a champion becomes a legend. McCarty Devers won it. Perkins goes in first. Wilson Welcome to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. As always, a great pleasure to have you with us on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. And today we celebrate the life of a man who played more than 100 games for the Tigers, Great success in his career at various times, but also tempered by tragedy in his personal life. It's an engrossing story. His name is Kane Pettifer, and he's with me in the studio now. Kane, welcome to you. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well there. Yeah, and we'll talk about the tragedy that has happened in your life, but let's start on a positive note because you're still kicking it around and you're still kicking it around pretty well. Are you still enjoying your footy playing with Kai Abram? Yeah, obviously going back to Kai Abram where uh, where it all started. Um, I've been there since 2016. I wanted to go back for one year to finish off my career after being at Yarrawonga for three years up in the country. And um, yeah, obviously went back. One of my good mates was coaching. My brother-in-law was assistant coach. So we played 2016 and went through undefeated and uh, won every game in the premiership, which uh, was yeah, an, an amazing feat for the for the club and, the, and obviously myself. And then Obviously, with that, I thought I'd go around again, and lucky enough, we did the same again in 2017. Went through undefeated again and won the premiership, and uh, last year, we went through undefeated again and lost the grand final by two points. Oh. So, yeah, it was a bit uh, a bit shattering, but again, gone back again. So, I'm 37 this year, still loving my footy, and uh, yeah, still trying to kick a few goals. You played with Fev at Yarrawonga, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was that was amazing. He uh, he's a he's a he's a big personality. Um, Everyone loved him up there, and the crowds he was pulling just just for him was uh, was phenomenal. Like we were getting eight thousand at, at games. I remember uh, Queen's birthday, two thousand and thirteen. We played against Albury, so it was a big rivalry at at Yarrawonga. I think we had a bigger crowd than the GWS um, game. So he was he was amazing. He kicked over a hundred uh, every year, I think there, and um, yeah, won a premiership in two thousand and thirteen with him. But what he did for the community up there as well, going to schools and um, aged cares and stuff like that. He uh, he's and then he obviously went through a bit of a, a rough patch and then went into the, into the jungle and come out and he's, he's going well. So he's one of my best mates and still keep in contact with him weekly. He's a, he's a great man, Brendan. Obviously, when you play footy and you're as good as you were, playing at the top level is the goal. But is it more enjoyable in lots of ways playing country footy and, and just the camaraderie that goes along with it and the mateship and everything that is involved in country footy as opposed to the professionalism of the modern game of AFL? Yeah, it is. Obviously, everyone who plays AFL, it's their, their childhood dream to do it. And I was pretty fortunate enough. Like, my dad was a great support for me. And, um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was lucky enough to do that. I, 
um, some of the, my teammates at the minute, um, I played in uh, a car in the seniors in 1999. Some of the guys weren't born when I was, uh, when I was, when I was playing, which is, which is pretty funny. So, um, yeah, but the, the camaraderie, um, our coach, Paul Newman, um, he was on Melbourne's list for a while. Um, he's, uh, what he does for that club is, is, is amazing. Like he's just super getting the boys together and just the, just, as you said, the camaraderie, um, yeah, after the games, obviously me being a city, um, base player driving up and once you get there just to feel like all my family from there um my sister coaches the the a-grade netball and it's just once you walk in there you get that that um yeah that sort of feel of satisfaction that you're back a back at your home club and 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 contributing and um yeah I'm, I'm very fortunate enough to be in a side that's going really well and all our young guys up there are just super fit and pretty professional for country football i've found probably the um yeah probably the most professional uh um, side I've been involved with outside the AFL with the guys doing all their, all their recovery and yeah the younger boys up there they I think they've got a they're pretty vain now they go to the gym two three times a week and pump up so they're um, they're very fit and strong and yeah it's just it's just good to see for country footy. Just t- step us through what you do when you drive in drive out is it literally on the day do you do an up and back or do you stay there and you said you've got family there and yeah. do you catch up with them? Yeah I do. Um, if if it's a home game I'll I'll try and get up on a Friday night. Um, I've got a young daughter now so. It all sort of revolves around her, um, yeah, getting her right up there, um, obviously on her sleep patterns and stuff like that. Um, yeah, me and my wife try and work that out. But, um, yeah, I love getting up there on, on a Friday night, staying at mum's, getting to see my uh, nieces and nephews and um, brother and my two sisters and, and, and mates. So we try and get up there, have a cook up a nice big pasta and watch the footy. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. And, obviously, away games, we'll just drive up on the morning. So I usually leave Melbourne about 9 o'clock um, so every every team we play except for Seymour and Euro was about uh, around two hour drive except for those guys um, about an hour drive so it's, it's, it's not too bad being a country boy I'm used to driving where um, a few of the city guys down here they think oh how can you drive two hours but it's, I, don't, I don't find it any, any hassle at all What's the specialty pasta? What's uh, what's the go there? What's mum's go? I rate myself as a bit of a cook, so I do. Oh right, yeah, so I uh, it's it's pretty well known up in Yarrawonga. We used to have a uh, Craig Edney, uh, one of my best mates, used to play at Richmond. Played nine games at Richmond. He uh, had his big place um, there, and me and Brendan Favola and Steve McKee, ex the Collingwood Richmond, Craig's cousin, would go up there and stay, and I'd, I'd cook up my chili prawn pasta, and uh, yeah, the boys were were a big fan of it. So that's 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 the go to if I don't have it. Um, yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I do stress out a bit. <laughs> Clearly, the combination of the pasta and what you've been able to do with the football club has made you Kai Abram's best-known resident. Has that got any noses out of joint amongst, uh, I don't know, other famous people, footballers who may have come from Kai Abram? There's a fair list from Kai Abram. Gary Lyon, I saw Gary this morning at the gym. Um, yeah, I've taken his uh, his photo down off the wall and placed my own one up there. It has a bit of a joke on our uh, on our last Mad Monday, but um, it has, actually hasn't been replaced, so... We had a, there's a bit of a running joke there, but uh, there's been a great list of players: Brett Deledio, um from Kyabram, Dick Clay, um, obviously, and now um, Nick Holman playing up at Gold Coast Suns. So you must have felt a bit for Lids when he played in that uh, preliminary final against Richmond in that famous year, the premiership year, and mm. um, whilst you would have been hoping that the Tigers got through as they did and then went on to the ultimate glory, you probably felt for him a bit. Yeah, obviously, seeing seeing Brett Brett went up to the uh, GWS for a reason. They're obviously um, with the connection through Wayne Campbell and uh, Leon Cameron uh, from Richmond. You'd, yeah, you'd sort of see that um, he, he went up there for premiership success, and when the Tigers come from, it was um, it was absolutely amazing. And yeah, we're all aboard on the on the Tiggy train, as they say. And to see Brett's um, Brett's emotion after the game, he was he was gutted, and it, yeah, it was tough for him and his family. Um, 
through that time, but um, obviously life goes on and um, he's up there playing well now. But yeah, it would have been uh, very tough for someone who's uh, a dual best and fairest winner. I think he played over 200 games there. It's, uh, it's a, would have been really tough to, uh, to watch. We've spoken a lot about Kai Abram. Kai, as the locals like to call her. What sort of a place was it to grow up in? Um, yeah, it's very, very sport-orientated town. Um, so, like, obviously with cricket, footy, um, tennis. I, I spent a lot of time in, in Rochester, down the road. Um, grew up there from 1991 to 96. Um, but, yeah, we, yeah, my family grew up in a little town outside Kai Abram called Merrigam. Uh, population of about 450 people. Um, so, yeah, we'll... My family's well known from there. My pa, um, Doug Petrovic, only just recently passed away, but yeah, he uh, he there for always down at the footy club um, at the American Bulldogs, and then um, yeah, obviously yeah, always around the footy club. My dad played 450 games for for Merrigan, um, all up in um, reserve seniors. Um, so he spent a, his his whole life there. Loved the club. He's a life member. And then we uh, yeah we moved to Rochester and. Got to meet David Williams, played for Melbourne. He coached Rochester for a long time and he had a big influence on, on my career as a 14, 15-year-old about how hard you've got to work and sacrifice and all that. So it really, it really stuck in my mind. But, yeah, Rochester and Kyabram, they're two, two great towns, really sport-orientated. And, um, yeah, I had a very, very fortunate upbringing. We had a very loving family and close family. Mum and Dad did everything for us kids. And, um, yeah, I've, yeah I'll, I, I, you cherish those moments as you get older. Were you a Richmond supporter when you were a kid? No, I was a mad Carlton supporter. Oh, like, the old enemy. Carlton, yeah, the enemy. So um, just, just love loved the Blues. Grew up with uh, had number four, number two. Um, jumpers going up, diesel and sticks. I just idolised them. Um, I was fortunate enough before the draft, I was training with Carlton and I, th- I thought they were going to pick me up. So um, I was down there uh, three nights a week training. Um, yeah, when Greg Williams was coming down and Kernahan and... Um, and a few other ex-players there, and I was just in my in my element, and then got the phone call from Carlton saying they were going to hopefully pick me up at pick eleven, and it uh, didn't happen. But yeah, I was fortunate enough to go to the Tigers, and um, yeah, loved every every day of it. So, what's that emotion like, Kane? If you're a Carlton supporter and you're two spots away because you were picked up at nine, you're yep. two spots away from going to the club that you loved. Was the instant reaction disappointment, or were you just happy to be drafted? Um, I was, yeah, just happy to be drafted. Um, I got a call from, um, from Greg Beck, um, Richmond's recruiting, um, manager the night before the draft and said, look, if you're there at pick, uh, pick nine, we're going to take you. And I had a call from the Bulldogs, um, obviously player with Terry Wallace was coaching then and said, if you get to pick 10, we'll take you. And then Carlton said, if you get to pick 11, you'll take you. So I thought I was, I was going to Richmond, obviously being a country boy, I was a bit of a sook and didn't want to go into state because, um, West Coast had picks and Adelaide had picks and I would. Yeah, I didn't didn't want to be rude or ungrateful, but I was just praying that I went to went to a Melbourne club so I could stick close to my family and um, yeah, playing playing Melbourne, which is a harder football. Yeah, well, certainly you were in demand. It picks nine, ten, or eleven, whatever it was going to be, and the Tigers got you first, and uh, that was the start of the football journey. And we'll explore the rest of the football journey when we come back on the other side of the break with Kane Pettifer, my guest on this is your sporting life for Tobin Brothers Funeral celebrating lives. More with Kane coming up after the break. You're listening to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Welcome back to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. 
Hope you're enjoying the chat with Kane Pettifer. 113 games, 132 goals with Richmond. On This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funeral Celebrating Live. So you arrive at Tigerland. I often ask the question, what's it like when you first walk into a room where uh, the dressing room is occupied by blokes that you've been watching on television, perhaps idolised a little bit? What was that first moment like for you? Yeah, as every every young guy walking into an AFL club, it's uh, it's pretty daunting, um, pretty intimidating. I remember I walked in and the uh, yeah the guys are doing weights and you just see what they were lifting and um, all that type of stuff. And I was I think I was seventy one kilos when I come down. I was pretty skinny, pretty skinny kid. Um, so yeah, it is it's pretty nerve wracking. You you sort of find your place pretty quick. But um, yeah, the best the best thing is to do. I I learned probably not in the, in my first year or two was to. The harder you work, the more respect you get. Um, it took me a while to realise that. Um, I was uh, had a pretty good um, under eighteen um, junior um, championships and uh, and year, so I was like pretty pretty fortunate enough to have that. And being at the top of, of the um, like in, in the TAC Cup, playing well and playing for Vic Country, and um, then sort of making all Australian, you think, oh, um, do I work hard enough? Like, am I good enough? And you and you go to an AFL club and you just see the guys how hard they work and um, it's, it's no surprise. I remember, uh, remember Nathan Buckley come to a clinic and he said, um, it always sticks in my mind, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And it sort of stuck in my mind. And at the start, I was, I was a little bit homesick when I first went to Richmond. Um, I was driving back during the week because we had a day off a week and I, I, I did struggle a little bit, uh, being a bit of a mummy's boy. And so my dad gave me a kick up the backside and said, come on, this is your dream. Um, you've, you've always wanted it. It's time to, time to bite the bullet and um, get down there and... Yeah, so my first three years were a bit, um, yeah, were a bit up and down, and then um, yeah, Kane Johnson come across from Adelaide. Um, I've got a great relationship, and he's one of really good mates, Sugar, and he um, he just said, right, mate, you're doing a preseason with me, and um, it was 2004, uh, and uh, I just did every every session with him, and I was I just recall every running session, I I didn't miss one where I threw up. I was on my hands and knees, and he'd just be dragging me along, saying, get up and. That was where I knew where I, where I had to get, um, and yeah, that that really sort of changed um, changed my career. I thought I was in and out battling, and um, yeah, I knew the Tigers were um, thinking about offloading me. There's a um, yeah, my, my manager said there's a few trade talks, and they were going to get rid of me end of 2003 and 2004. My back end was all right, and then when Kane said that to me, he said, "Right, you're training with me, mate." And he was an unbelievable trainer. Um, and yeah, I, I, I owe him a lot, and um, and also my big mate Richo um, up forward. He just said, mate, he used to scream at me, just work, work, work. And yeah, I did um, did get a bit of a work rate and work ethic, and sort of it shown up around the club. And um, yeah, it sort of, but it, it took me three or four years to to realise that. Where I think the guys now coming in are a bit more prepared. Um, they obviously a bit more professional than um, <clears throat> than the year two thousand when I come in, and. Uh, yeah, it's just, but yeah, the, when I first got there, I was, uh, I remember doing a, um, one of these phosphate tests. So you sprint for as long as you can for, for 10 seconds, I think. And I think we had to do 10 efforts and you think, oh, 10 sprints at, at, at 10 seconds isn't too bad. And yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to get through the fourth one. So it was, uh, it was, a, it was, a, it was a long road, but, um, yeah, it is, it is pretty daunting when you first walk in those doors, um, and you see Richo and, um, I think Wayne Campbell and like, uh, Paul, Paul Broderick and those sort of guys. So, yeah, but um, yeah, they it was pretty good. I was pretty lucky going to that club. They were um, all open. I ended up, um, yeah, um, living with Richo for a while. So I remember just walking down. Uh, he was in Fitzroy, walking down Brunswick Street, and everyone, um, everyone's yelling at Richo. And I was like, well, this is, this, this is what it's like, is it? So, yeah, obviously he was the, the pin-up boy in the 
best player at the Tigers and to get that, um, yeah, to sort of hang out um, live with him for the first sort of, I think, four or five months was, was pretty special. And you're still great mates to this day, aren't you? Yeah, we're in each other's sort of wedding parties and stuff like that. So, he, uh, yeah, he's just been, been a great... A great um, mate, and um, yeah, he sort of helped me through those tough times when my father passed away and stuff like that. And yeah, we always um, yeah sort of catch up weekly now. And he's just a he's got the biggest heart, and yeah, he's a great mate. And yeah, as I said, he uh, from day one he does hang hang it on me a fair bit from when I walked in with me um, all me Quicksilver and Surf Surf brand clothes on, and <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. So it was a bit of a running joke there. What was it like the night that he nearly won the Brownlow? Yeah, it was it was amazing. Like. Especially to come out of nowhere, um, like they thought he'd poll okay, but just just to see that room and everyone just just get right behind him, and uh, I think he missed out by two votes, mm. end, maybe two or three votes. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was it was it was pretty special, and um, yeah, just to see a guy like that, six foot six, to um, yeah, to to go to a wing, and he he does his story at the, at the sportsman's nights and stuff like that, where he um, where Terry Wallace comes in and um, says, "Mate, let's come for a chat." And um, in his office, and he goes, "Oh, how do you feel about um, sort of playing up the ground a bit?" And he goes, oh, "I don't, I don't feel good about it at all. Like I'm, I'm in the goal screen." He goes, "Oh, Jack's starting. Jack Rewald's starting to play pretty well, and we're pretty keen to get him down there." And he goes, "So, what do you feel about you used to working together or you pushing up the ground?" He goes, "I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it at all." And he goes, "Well, how, how do you feel?" How do you feel about playing at Coburg? And he goes, mate, put me anywhere. So it's <laughs> a pretty funny story he tells. And he went to the wing. He said he didn't really know what he was doing, but he's got a huge engine for a big guy. And that year was phenomenal. It was one of the, one of the greatest years of, um, in, for a guy like him in, in, in AFL history, really, to, to do what he did to go from full forward to a wing. And there wasn't one footy supporter that night who wasn't pulling for him, whether you were in the room, the, the select few who were in the room. But I remember watching the telecast and everybody just wanted him to win. Yeah, they did. They did. I, I remember my phone was just was just, just running hot going, do you reckon he's got it? What's he like in the last three games, four games? And, yeah, I think um, the, the last two rounds he was pretty stiff. I think he played pretty well and, mm. and didn't get a vote. They thought he had it. And, uh, yeah, to miss out, it would have been amazing for him to win it. But, um, yeah, obviously just missed out. And it's, it's still a pretty good story. You mentioned one of your coaches, Plough. Let's go back to your first coach, Spud. Yep. What was your relationship like with Spud? Yeah, it was, it was a good relationship. Spud, um, he's, a, he's a real character, Spud. And we still, um, yeah, we still, still speak regularly now. Um, he, uh, yeah, we actually did... Um, did a bit of business together um, with uh, he ran an event him and his wife Anita and um, yeah I, I jumped in with them there so but at the, at the start obviously Spud um, yeah yeah when I rocked up I wasn't a great endurance athlete um, we used to do a lot of heaps of runs around the tan and fartlek and it wasn't sort of one of my strengths and I was I sort of battled a lot and um, obviously with the, with the work rate and um, and the change in training and um, stuff like that so. At the start, um, yeah, I probably didn't didn't live um, live up to um, expectation, um, but yeah, sort of in and, in and out of the side for three years. Um, I'd go back to Coburg and yeah, thought I'd perform well, but um, yeah, I just I think where the game was going with forward pressure and stuff like that, he um, I, I, sort, I sort of lacked that a fair bit, um, and he was, he was pretty pretty hard on me in in that space, and then put me to put me to half back for a while, which sort of did did help me, but yeah, I think. I think those first few years where I obviously didn't work hard enough, um, yeah, and just trying to find my feet um, as a as a first round pick and sort of top ten pick. I, yeah, we sort of had a few like not issues, but there yeah, I, I sort of wanted to play and thought the more games I got, the um, yeah, the more I'd learned, the better I got. And he um, yeah, sort of put, was wanting to put me back to Coburg to uh, yeah to 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 find my feet and um, yeah, obviously work harder and 
become um, yeah, work on my defensive skills, which is totally fair enough. And um, yeah, I think I'll maybe any young, sort of energetic, better say cocky young young guy coming down. I uh, yeah, I got a bit of a rude awakening, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll look back now, and that that did help me a lot with with the way Spud. Um, yeah, it did sort of make me earn earn my spot, and it just didn't didn't give away games. And um, yeah, I look back, I'm I'm very grateful for that. But um, yeah, I just thought maybe to get a few more games, a bit more continuity, um, would have would have sort of helped helped my career. But I, c- I can see where he was coming from as well. That was always the perception of you. Everybody who liked watching football thought you had great talent, but they thought that you were pretty cocky. Yeah. Did you get ahead of yourself early on? Yeah, I did. I did. Obviously, um, with all the media build up, um, like for draft week, for like when you're a young eighteen year old kid, you're, you're in the paper and um, being from a small country town. I, I, I did get ahead of myself, and um, yeah, I was probably um, yeah looking down the track um, further than obviously taking um, taking baby steps, as they say, come down, find my place, work hard, and um, yeah, obviously um, just just fit in. I'd. I probably was a bit um, a, a bit ahead of myself. Um, I, yeah, I did. I, I was a bit cocky and had a bit of an attitude, an attitude problem, I'd say, because I just um, yeah, I thought I'd just walk in and play pl- and play league football. But um, yeah, as I said, I got I got a few uh, yeah a few good sprays from Spud, um, and that did that did help me and obviously yeah put me back in my place. And I I did learn from that, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful because if not, I could have could have. I could have been out in two or three years if it if it wasn't for his guidance and um and yeah telling me to telling me to pull my head in at times. And what about the influence of Plough when he came along? How big an influence on your football career was he? Yeah, Plough was huge. So um yeah, I I, I never knew this, but Plough obviously um, watched a lot of TSC Cup. Um, he's yeah he's a he's a bit of a rap for me from um yeah from from my um, under eighteen year and obviously wanted to. He he said that he they were keen on on taking me um, at the Bulldogs in the draft and obviously once once he came to Richmond um, yeah he just obviously had interviews with with each player I had my interview with him and um, yeah he said um, he just goes look mate I'm going to give you 22 games next year um, I reckon you're a talent um, I just I don't reckon you work hard enough and I think him and Kane Johnson got together and said right I you're training with him and you do everything he does because you need to um, lift your work rate because if not you'll be at the door and in 12 months and I got a, a very small one-year contract in um, in the year 2005. I ended up playing every game, um, kicked over 30 goals and um, yeah, sort of um, yeah, changed my uh, changed my percep- um, changed my, my perception within the group. Um, obviously doing extras, training harder and um, yeah, become a become a regular which which I felt more comfortable but plow Plough backed me in, um, and there's times where I was, uh, yeah, if I had, two, had a couple of bad games in a row, he'd come in and said, "Look, mate, and like I've backed you in. I, um, you, like, the assistant coaches want to want you out. I'm backing you in, and he'd, he'd sort of he'd pump you up, but like you'd always have that like that um, sense of him. He's got your back. Like I, I've got to perform for him. He wants me in the side, and just like I, I felt a part of it. And then I got played three. Three full seasons, nearly seventy odd games straight under under Plough, and um, yeah, it was, it was a great uh, a great help to my career. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we yeah we do 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 speak now um, at the odd occasion, but um, yeah, he he obviously gave me that opportunity, and I'm yeah forever grateful. It's interesting, Kane, that perception amongst the group about your work ethic, because if you go back to the story about Gary Ablett. Even he got told, Gary Ablett Jr. got told he wasn't working hard enough and he needed to pull his finger out, really. Yep. 
So you can have as much ability as you like, but if you're not perceived by the group to be working hard enough, then it's always going to be hard to earn their trust. And when you do work hard, that's what you get. Yeah, you do. And and I recall in that pre-season, um, the end of 2004, start of 2005, um, all the regular guys, um, like Kane Johnson, obviously Richo, uh, Wayne Campbell, they you can just see the way that um, yeah they they view you at training, chat to you after it, and they uh, yeah they were just um, like I went away and had a, had, had a huge off season. I love my boxing, did did I was boxing every day, doing extra weights training just just put some weight on, um, and yeah come back in in really good shape, and then had that pretty big preseason and just felt I was um, yeah I was. Yeah, my work rate lifted, and guys who I'd I played on previously, um, I just just felt like I could, um, yeah, outwork them, and um, yeah, I just got that confidence, and yeah, as I said, within the group, the harder you work, the more respect you get, and um, yeah, I did, I did tidy up a few off-field things, like like my diet, and I've been a country boy, I did enjoy beer as well, so um, yeah, sort of from 2005, six, seven, eight, I didn't didn't really. Um, drink much during the year, um, and um, yeah, really, uh, yeah, really focus on my footy, and it, um, yeah, I thought I had three pretty, pretty consistent years. Just jumping ahead, you mentioned boxing there. You, did you fight on an undercard? Was it a Danny Green fight? Yeah, I fought on Danny Green. Came what's undercard at um, yeah High Sense Arena, which was which was pretty special. I think there's I don't know eight or nine thousand people there, and uh, it was packed house. I was on I was one of the earlier bouts, but um, yeah. I'd, Pretty good following, sort of bit. Uh, it's pretty funny when you're walking out and seeing all your mates sitting there, and they're usually a jovial and joke around, and they're sitting there very uh, stressed and worried about you. And <laughs> um, yeah, had, had uh, yeah, all the all my uh, ex teammates. Um, yeah, they got a couple of tables, were sitting ringside, and uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was, it was pretty special to fight on Danny Green's um, undercard. Danny Green's a great guy, and yeah, he sort of helped me with my boxing. Him and his trainer Angelo Hyder have been like just a few comments here and there, and helped out and. Um, yeah, I love my boxing. And um, how was, many pro fights did you have? Uh, I had three. I've had three, so pretty keen to have one more. Um, but obviously, I've got a little daughter now, and I've, I'm expecting a, another one in August. So, yeah, your time and priorities obviously go out the window a bit there because training two to three times a day, and you have to focus on it. But yeah, I had three fights and had uh, yeah, yeah, which has been great. And my trainer Nigel McCarthy is just an absolute weapon of a man so yeah I, I do miss those those trainings with him every day but um maybe uh yeah hopefully one more soon laura's your wife yeah my wife what laura. does she say about that um the first one she wasn't too bad um but yeah the second one and uh yeah i'm danny green on the card she was a bit she's a bit nervous and when i left the house and yeah leaving it she was a bit uh you could tell she's a bit stressed and yeah but no, no, i don't know i love my training she she's a pretty good boxer herself like like nigel trains her as well so she loved it but yeah it, um Going out there, and obviously, when you as soon as you walk in that ring, it's a it's the loneliest place on earth. They say when you when when you get in there, it's just it's just you and all the hard work you've done. You hopefully can put it together. But um, yeah, I was lucky enough to have have, have three wins, and um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I do love the sport. I, I love um, I love the guys who train it. Like, and obviously, I'm just uh, yeah. So just a bit of a hacker to come from football to do the do the transition to have a few fights, but yeah, to all the guys that that have, that have helped me in, in my boxing career, and um, obviously, I mean, yeah, just to watch their boxing careers, just 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 phenomenal. Like going to boxing fit Port Melbourne and see guys like Zach Dunn and um, obviously Jade Mitchell and those sort of guys who just see them train. You sit there and watch them; it's just just phenomenal the work they put in. We talked about the importance of family with your wife, Laura, and uh, one child and one on the way. When we come back on the other side of the break, we'll touch on family and we'll touch on a tragic time in your life. Kane Pettifer is my guest on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives.
You're listening to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Welcome back to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. It's a pleasure to have you with us as Kane Pettifer is my guest on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funeral Celebrating Lives. Kane, we're getting towards the end of your time at Richmond, but what would happen would change your life forever towards the end of your time in football. Tell us about what happened to your dad. Yeah, obviously, um, yeah, my dad was like my best mate. Um, yeah, and to, yeah, what happened for him, in, he passed away in a car crash with, with my cousin. Um, yeah, dad and I... Dad and I um, were starting a business. We um, he always wanted a, wanted a uh, an SS crewman Ute, so yeah, we ended up getting getting Ute with with our business. And um, yeah, it was pretty. I just just, just couldn't believe it. He uh, he wouldn't let me drive it, and wouldn't let anyone else drive it. And he went up to Wagga to visit his sister because um, my uncle just passed away tragically. Just had a um, yeah a bit of a brain hemorrhage and yeah dropped dead in his kitchen, which is very very sad. And so dad. Been a family man, he was. Went up there, and um, yeah, it was. I, I recall the day after uh, Joel Bowden's testimonial. We had a, a few drinks that night, and my, my phone just, just kept ringing and ringing at about nine o'clock. And I was in a, in, I was in a coffee shop, and I finally answered it, and yeah, heard the heard the worst news of my life. So yeah, it was tough. It's still hard today. It's still hard to talk about it. But um, yeah, Dad passed away at the scene, and my cousin lived for a little bit, and he ended up passing away as well. Um, so it was just yeah, it's just one of the oh, the worst day of my life, and. I think about it every day. It was such an influence on your life. You've already spoken about that, and the fact that he was a, a big football influence for you. Did you feel lost for a while after he left? Yeah, I did. Um, and just just before that, I did. I'd I'd, uh, I'd done my cruciate in two thousand and eight. Um, just come back within about nine and a half months. I was pretty lucky, and he came down and supported me through that. And then I um, come back and I split my knee cap in half. So I was. Uh, yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to be up in Kyburn for about a month, yeah, living with mum and dad um, during that time, just in recovery. And I think I was uh, starting to give him give him the irrits a bit. I like to spend on the couch and I had a big brace on there and couldn't do much. But yeah, I was I was lucky enough to spend the last um, yeah the last month up there with dad. And yeah, the last time I sort of said to him, I was driving off and he said, "See you, mate. I love you." And it was the last thing he ever said to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was pretty tough, but. Yeah, I, I look back now, and I was just so so lucky to to, ha- to have him as a father figure, and and that type of it. But um, yeah, just uh, um, yeah, when he when he left, it was pretty tough for mum and family, and yeah, we still uh, yeah we still find it tough today. And it's it, coming up ten years in August. Yeah, it was about that time that things were coming to an end football wise as well. Yep. That that can be a very difficult thing to deal with, but when you have to deal with both of those things together. Yeah, it, was, it, it must have been pretty dark times at various. Yeah, it was pretty points. tough. Um, I, yeah, I, I recall that was, um, I was yeah the sixteenth of August two thousand and nine. Um, I'd done my, as I said, I'd done my cruciate. Tried to come back because I knew it was sort of getting towards the end of my career. And Terry um, Wallace had just been been fired, so we had a, an interim coach at the time. Um, they were looking for a new coach, and I thought, oh yeah, I, I knew. At that time, even before Dad passed away, it'd, uh, it'd be pretty tough to stay on at Richmond. Um, there was talk of, of getting rid of 10 to, 10 to 12 guys and cleaning out and starting again. Um, so, yeah, so Dad and I had all those discussions, and I, yeah, I was confident I could, I, I could come back, and um, obviously GWS was starting up then, maybe get a get a look in there. Um, but, yeah, obviously when Dad, um, when Dad passed away, that was just 
yeah, I just went back up to Kyra and stayed with mum um, the whole time and, and, and my family and nothing else really mattered then. It was just being around mum and family and, um, yeah, it was probably, yeah, the, the darkest 12 months of my life, yeah. Did footy help you get through it because you went over to Perth and you played footy over there and you also played suburban footy here and then at Kyabram. Did the yeah. mateship around footy clubs just keep you going at that time? Yeah, it did. I went... Um, I went back to Kyabram in 2010, so I, as, I, as I said before, I stayed up there with mum. Um, but yeah, it was it was good to be around the footy club, but it was also tough to, yeah, to see mum every day what she was going through, um, trying to go go back to normal life when you're, uh, yeah, when um, yeah when obviously her, her her husband who she'd been with since she was 17 passed away, and yeah, she was she was pretty lost as well. Yeah, I got a, my sister was 18, Abby at the time. Um, Sarah was 22 and Drew, my brother, was 30. So it was, we were yeah, getting to that stage where, um, yeah, we'd all sort of gone our own ways. Abby was still at school, but we'd all sort of gone our own ways in life. And Dad was just, yeah, he's only 50, I think he's 52 at the time, just turned 52. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, um, it's an absolute tragedy. And, um, yeah, football did did help. Um, Dave Williams, who I mentioned before, he was coaching Kyabram then. Um, all my mates come back to Kyabram to play, um, which was, yeah, which is which is very supportive. And yeah, it was, uh, it was, the footy club helped me immensely. But then after end of 2010, I just thought I had to get out, had to get out of Kyabram. I was still living in Melbourne, travelling up, but sort of going up and stay for two or three, three or four, four nights with mum. Oh, that, that's when I met Laura, um, and yeah, she uh, probably saved me. So from yeah, just I didn't know what I wanted to do, didn't know. Had had no real um, drive at that time, and um, yeah, meeting her was um, yeah was 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 very special, and she's a lot like my dad, so it was um, yeah it was a pretty special moment to meet her, and yeah, now we've uh, we've been together since then, and um, yeah, I'm, as I said, very fortunate enough, but footy has kept me going, and that's what I love um, about it now with the the footy and um, yeah, the, as you said, the camaraderie, mateship, and um, yeah, I know that dad loved me playing footy, so I'll I'll play for as long as I can. The fact that he was taken from you too soon, has that influenced the way that you are as a father now? Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, yeah, like as as I said, I was I was very fortunate enough, my dad, what he did for us kids. Like he'd he'd drive my sister from um Kybram to Achuka to go to basketball training, come back to Kai, pick me up, drive me to Shepherd and then get on the bus to go to Wangaratta, drive back to Achuka, pick up my sister, pick up my dad to um pick up um me from Shep. So he's doing that two or three times a week. Like just just the sacrifice he had for us kids was yeah, it was um, yeah, I was very fortunate and uh, it was huge. His whole life was dedicated to us kids, and that's how yeah, how I yeah, I'm I'm a pretty pretty loving father. Like yeah, like my daughter, she's uh, she's yeah, she's she's very funny. She's 14 months old now and starting to get a bit of character. So yeah, I just yeah, everything just revolves around her now, and um, yeah, just sort of setting up her future. So it's uh, yeah, you start to make smarter decisions, and um, yeah, you sort of worry about your your family. Stop being stop being pretty selfish I'd say when you when you have kids any family came that is affected by a car accident is um it's a tragic thing yeah. unfortunately we fast forward a few years yeah and your life was going to be affected again yeah twice more yeah yeah I had um yeah in 2017 my um my mum's brother Trevor Freya um yeah he was like as I said probably one of my closest um Uncles, he was like very, very supportive of my footy career. He was a gun golfer, gun tennis player. Loved his sport, just just lived and breathed it. And um, yeah, he was uh, he was tragically hit by a truck up in um, up on the Gold Coast. And uh, yeah, it was just 
just total shock. You had two young kids and, um, yeah, just a loving partner in Megan. And it was just absolutely, absolutely horrible for the family to go through that. Um, was, was, yeah, yeah, we just, yeah, found it tough again. Just brought up all the old memories as well. Um, yeah, and very, very tough for my mum and, um, yeah, and family and, and then again, 10 days later after that, my dad's sister and her husband were um, down for my pa's 90th birthday and they stayed and they were driving back to Mackay and um, left Kyabram and got to Echuca and uh, drove through an intersection and got, got T-boned and they both tragically died um, at, at, at the scene there. So, yeah, to lose um, three of my close family members again in, uh, in 10 days was just horrible and, um, yeah, it just was extremely tough for the family. And, um, yeah, you just think, why, why do we deserve that? But... Um, just said we're a, we're a very tight knit family. Um, yeah, my mum, what she's gone through is just yeah, you you wouldn't wish it upon anyone. But um, yeah, we've got through now, and we've got um, obviously mum's got uh, she's got four grandkids and two more on the way due in the yeah, in the next three months. So um, yeah, so she's just loves being a grandma, and um, yeah, it's just we just could not believe it. Like you, we just wouldn't you wouldn't wish it upon your worst enemy, and uh, yeah, to. To, to have that happen um, yeah, to our families, just, um, yeah, it's pretty unfair, really. Last word on this, because I can see how much it's difficult for you and you've spoken beautifully about it, but are you just numb after the third time? Are you just numb to it all? Yeah, like just, yeah, you just sort of go into shock and you just think, like you just, you, you have no real thought process. As, as you said, you're numb. You get around your family members and you sit there and you just sit there and just sort of, yeah, look into stare into space really like you just can't comprehend what's happened um as i said like obviously um yeah losing dad um that was yeah like like everyone come and stayed for for months on end up at mum's um and uh yeah you just you just sit there and you just numb like you just you just you just sort of you go off by yourself for a bit hurt you cry come back and um yeah and then obviously see more people turn up and you go through the emotion again and again and it's just uh yeah it's just just tough and yeah, it's just um, I'm just just fortunate enough to have a great supporter base around me. Um, my best mate Craig Callow, um, he was like a like my dad's they they call him my dad's long lost son. Um, yeah, what he did for our family is pretty special. And um, my brother-in-law Daniel, and uh, yeah, it's just you just as, as I said, you just sit there just in total shock and total disbelief. And but yeah, every time I drive up to Kyneo, it's sort of. I drive up there to, to be around my family and support, but you still drive up there just knowing that dad's not going to be there. And um, yeah, obviously seeing my uh, my grandparents in uh, in Marubna there, what they've gone through losing Trevor as well. So it's um, yeah, it's tough, but as I said, we've all stuck stuck together, and you have your ups and downs. But um, yeah, as I said, you you sort of build your own family now, and yeah, try to um, just 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 remember the good times. It's an incredible story. It's a tragic story and you've spoken incredibly well about it. So let's leave it at that and take our final break and then we'll come back and on a happier note, yep. we'll talk about more about the sporting life of Kane Pettifer on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funeral Celebrating Lives, our final segment with Kane coming up after the break. You're listening to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Welcome back to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Our final segment with Kane Pettifer on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Just one last thing, Kane. Um, all of the things that we've just spoken about, does it change the way you drive when you're driving? Yeah, it does. Obviously, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's very dangerous on, on the road. You you see the um, all the fatalities on the 
on the news and like um, as you as you, as you see when it's Christmas and um, Easter on the um, and long weekends, there's all those messages out there by the TAC to be careful, take your time, um, wipe off five all these uh, all these road rules and um, yeah, it does it does frustrate you when you do see people speeding or um, yeah doing doing the wrong thing. It is uh, it's just so dangerous. You don't realise until it happens to you and um, yeah, it's happened to me. Uh, on several occasions, and uh, yeah, it's just everyone out there. Just, just you got just got to relax and take a deep breath when you're in a rush. Because um, five minutes, when you rush to make five minutes, it's uh, you'd rather be five minutes late than uh, they're not rocking up at all. Let's get back to footy to end our chat. You're obviously in pretty good nick, and obviously the team's playing pretty well, and you're enjoying it at Kai. How yep. long do you think you'll keep on kicking it around for? Um, well, I was pretty lucky last year. I I, I kicked a hundred last year, so I. I, uh, I kicked 91 and 93 the two years before that, and I didn't think I'd ever get there. And um, I had to kick four goals in the last quarter um, of our last home and away game last year. And I kicked three to a half time, and I think the third quarter I dropped about five chest marks, and the boys are trying to get it to me and missed, missed three sitters in three-quarter time. Um, a good good mate of mine, Ryan Horhan, ex-Carlton player, he drove all the way up from Melbourne to watch me, and he's giving me his words of wisdom like as he speaks in his, uh, his laid-back um, uh, and he's laid back slang. He's like, man, just relax, go back and kick you four. And I, I got it with, uh, I think it was about 30 seconds to go, I kicked it. So I thought oh, I, was, I was on to do that. I was fortunate enough to do it last year. And um, yeah, so I sort of ticked, ticked that off. And because um, Corbin's going so well, um, I'm, I'm still contributing and um, I, I still love the game. So as uh, a lot of past players and older guys say, you're a long time retired. So I'd, I'd like to play another, at, at least next year. And um, I'll just see how the body holds up. But yeah, if I'm still running around at 40 and um, I'm battling, um, I'm pretty sure I'll, uh, I'll have people tell me to, to, to hang them up. But yeah, another year or two will be nice. Well, given the fact that you are still playing, um, obviously you don't get to see the Tigers too much. Nah, um, they've played um, a fair few, like God Thursday and Friday night games. So yeah, I do get down. I, I, I hit up my big mate, Richo, for his AFL Life members tickets. Um, usually round one and give them back round 23. So <laughs> pretty lucky there, but... Uh, he looks after me there, so I go down with with Laura or um, yeah friends. So I try to get to at least sort of five between five and ten games a year, and go down and um, yeah watch the guys. And um, I I love footy. I'm, I'm I'm a footy head, so it's uh it's yeah, good to get down and watch the games. I do go to other other games as well. Um, just to yeah just to watch a watch a few Collingwood games. Good, um, I like watching Steel Side Bottom, Shepherd and Shepherd and Boy. So I've mm-hmm. um, been to a few Pies games, but um, yeah I'll, yeah I'll uh, try and get to few games um, now before yeah my next child's born in August because after that I'll be in a bit of trouble. What was that day in 2017 like, that famous day? It was absolutely amazing. So we uh, at Kyburn, we'd won the premiership on the Sunday. So obviously had the festivities up there until uh, until Wednesday. And I come back Thursday morning and there's um, we had lunches and dinners and stuff um, with a few past players going to a few events and um, functions. And yeah, to go, uh, yeah, to, go to the game... Um, it was just unbelievable. Like it was just, yeah. All the obviously Tiger faithful have been through the ups and downs, and just to see you um, walking through there and seeing all the old uh, old guys. I used to see at training come down every week and watch you train and support you. Just to see those guys in the uh, in the Richmond Army, it was just it was pretty surreal. I remember sitting with a 
um, a few guys would play in the 1980 uh, Premiership. I was fortunate enough to sit near near Bondi and um, um, a few of those guys, and they yeah they were they were crying in the last quarter to see how much it meant to them. And yeah, I I, uh, I have to admit I um, I nearly put the sunglasses on too when <laughs> and there was no sun in there, so it was it was pretty special for the club. And um, yeah, after the after the uh, game, we a few of the past players like with um, yeah Nathan Brown and Wayne Campbell and. Kane Johnson, we all uh, yeah went and caught up and um, yeah had a few drinks and um, yeah it was just we, were, we, were, we couldn't believe it but we we're just so pumped for the guys and um, so so pumped for Brendan Gale and the Footy Club. It's a great way to end our chat because it's a, a positive note, a, an unforgettable day for anyone associated with the Richmond Football Club. It's been great to catch up with you and talk about your football journey, but uh, also congratulations on the way that you've spoken about. The tragedy that you've had in your life, it's not an easy thing to do, but I'm sure that everybody listening admires your courage in the way you've spoken about it. Kane, thanks for joining us. No, thanks, Peter. Really appreciate your time. Kane Petter for joining us on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funeral Celebrating Lives, another great of Australian sport coming up same time next week. Hope you can join us then. You're listening to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91